Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. The Unholy Trinity has returned. Myself, Mike, and Stoyan. We, um, if you've ever seen um, A Clockwork Orange, there's a scene where, <laughs> you know, the, the guy, it's got like his eyes oh, are propped open. <laughs> no, no, I think that's 1984. But, you know, we can mix the metaphors. A, 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 a rat cage on the head or just staring at um, horrifying images uh, while strapped to a chair. We did sit through the Republican debate, uh, which actually, interestingly enough, turned out to be a debate between randomly hostile and can I give you a foot massage Jeb Bush from <laughs> Megyn Kelly, who basically looked like she was going to faint back, Oscar mint julep, and fan herself from estrogen overload when talking to Jeb Bush. I think she may have a favorite, it's hard to say, but um, uh, we watched it, it all the way through and uh, paid attention. And uh, we are here to uh, to talk about our, our thoughts and impressions. Uh, Steph, I, I, uh, saying we watched it just sounds too nice. I just want to say I think we subjected ourselves to. That's probably the best yeah. way to put it. I mean, I've, I haven't seen we such a collection of vile behavior and vile people with the thin veneer of nicety and smiles and, you know, pretty faces in a while. I mean, it's not like I've watched a lot of these presidential debates and uh, certainly not anything since the last presidential thing. But, oh, my God. Oh, God. No. It's Remember, like... moderators, it's all about you. <laughs> That's the important thing. You're not like a, a frame, which is supposed to make the picture look more. You, you should stand in front and yell uh, at, at the play that's going on behind you. Just yell at the audience, stuff that you ways you think it could be. It's all about you, not about the candidates or the relationship between candidates and the audience. It's all about you. The biases on, part, on the part of the moderators were just horrendous. Jeb, you're looking tan, fit, and relaxed. Trump, I hear you're an asshole. Care to comment? <laughs> would we would we even call them moderators though? <laughs> Were they moderating anything? Uh, no. Such obvious biases. Immoderators. Immoderators. Partisan <laughs> hacks. I don't know what we'd call them, but but Stoyan, this was your first taste of American democracy uh, live. Wait, wait, wait. As the and only American, let me first apologize to Stoyan. The only American on the call. Let me apologize on behalf of my country for that abomination and subjecting yourself to it. I am deeply sorry. <laughs> no, it was yeah, like I think I think we can say that, that it was all live except for certain candidates who seemed a little dull. Uh, live ish, uh, semi animated. Uh, needed a few more vaults of Jolt Cola to. <laughs> but so, Mike, what were your? Uh, sorry, I'm sorry. What were your thoughts and impressions of what you saw? My first thought was that it was a cross between National Geographic and a reality <laughs> show, reality TV show. <laughs> Lots of predators, and they were all very hostile to each other and trying to provoke each other for entertainment. I found it entertaining, frankly, not very, very informative. I didn't so learn much about it. It's a combination of Big Brother the reality show and Big Brother the Orwellian nightmare. Is that we've uh, <laughs> sort of managed to fuse these two things together? Mixed in with a documentary about hyenas, maybe. Documentary about hyenas, right. Stoyan, right. um, could you actually tell me, because I missed the end there, who did they vote off the island? I think that's important. I need to know. I think it was one, uh, was it a Frankentrump? <laughs> Frankentrump. Yeah. Yeah. One me, Mr. D. Trump. They didn't waste any time going after him. Oh, no. As this thing started. I mean, <laughs> they sharpened those spears very, very fast. I didn't even see them sharpening them, I and mean, they were already throwing. <laughs> just, just to start with, okay, just for those who don't know, and you can watch the play-by-play, -play, I guess it's going to be somewhere on YouTube. But at the very beginning, the very first, before we begin, <laughs> they said, 
Um, Mike, perhaps you can parse that out for us. What did they ask all of the candidates, but really only one? It's like, all right, well, we know you don't like the questions where everyone on stage either raises their hand or doesn't raise their hand because, you know, that's pretty much a gotcha question. We're playing the gotcha game from the start. But they're like, we're just going to do one, you know, because we hate Donald Trump and f- want to figure out a way to make him look bad. So um, I think the question was, who hates the Republican Party and wants them to lose? Um, it was slightly more nuanced. <laughs> who, who can guarantee that they'll, they'll stand behind whoever gets the nomination and not run as a third party candidate? This is a question that only conceivably applies to Donald Trump. That he's been asked ad nauseum in the press for the last three, four weeks ever since his poll numbers went up, and he has answered the exact same way every time. It's not like his answer is a mystery. (laughs) I'm in it to win it. You know, okay, you may not win American Idol, but will you give foot rubs and be a distant backup singer to whoever does win American Idol? It's like, I'm not even thinking like that. I'm in it to win it. And you notice that they basically focused on Trump, and they never asked anyone else. (laughs) Well, Trump's the only one that did raise his hand, because he can't guarantee that he's not going to run third party. He says um, in interviews, he pretty much said, you know, as long as I'm treated fairly by the Republican establishment, if I'm beaten fairly, yeah, that's, I'm not going to run. That's fine. But if I'm treated poorly, well, like he was tonight in many ways, uh, I'm not closing the door on anything. So and that's he's been given the exact same answer every single time. But he's I'm running for the Republican candidate. I'm the front runner. And yet, at the same time, you're asking me this question. It's like, <laughs> I think oh there's God. a term for what they did in the beginning, and it's called poisoning the well. But in, in this particular case, it was poisoning the entire lake. And if he has said in the past that he will run against them if they treat him poorly, that was a very, very bad move. Well, this, I mean, it's hard to look at this thing and say that he was treated fairly. I mean, whether you like Donald Trump or not, I mean, it was a a witch hunt from the beginning. And the Donald was the scalp everyone was looking to collect. Yeah, I mean, Megyn Kelly was like this weird Barbie animatronic venom-spitting anti-Trump succubus from hell. (laughs) I mean, holy (laughs) crap. I mean, the the bedroom eyes she shot at the other candidates, you know, and and then she swivels around, like her head actually would rotate all the way around a la Poltergeist. She sort of swivels around and these china blue eyes focus in this cold, you'll never get near my eggs from here. (laughs) You know, and and man alive! I mean, it's such a it's such an, a, a nasty trick to have the attractive woman seem to reject someone. It just programs everyone to be like, oh, the attractive women don't like Donald Trump. Trump so got as a dumped man, live on the debate. Can you believe that? Oh man, that was unbelievably partisan. And and look, I'm I have a weird soft spot for Fox. I'll I'll be honest. I mean. Just because it, it is wall-to-wall liberal. And there's a couple of places like Fox and Drudge and other places. I mean, you can go and get some different viewpoints. And I like to sort of round out my uh, liberal quiche with a little bit of uh, Fox on the side. But, oh, man. I, I, I had this weird thought, and probably is completely nonsense. But I had this weird thought that this unbelievably anti-Trump partisan nature of what the Fox moderators were up to. They actually started arguing with Trump. <laughs> And they misquoted him, right? The, the most cliched misquote is like, Trump said, all illegal immigrants are rapists. And that's just like, oh, maybe we've had this six million times where we make a generalization uh, and everybody says, I know of an exception. <laughs> yes, we get it. You have chili room temperature IQ and you need to go sit at the fucking children's table. We get it. But um, this, uh, where they just went in gunning for him, I thought, are they trying to underdog this guy? 
Like, are they trying to make this like the sports movie? Oh, they succeeded. You'll never make it into baseball, Jimmy. <laughs> You've only got one arm, and that one has a lobster claw at the end of it. Your lobster claw arm wins the pennant. You know, I mean, because he can not only catch, but take off the pitcher's arm with a hug. Now we need a training so, montage. Donald Trump out to yeah. <laughs> running yeah, up some I mean, stairs. A lot of combing. Um, but I just thought, like, are they trying to underdog this guy? And then I thought, no, that's that's too that's that's too subtle. They just why why do they hate this guy so much? I, I can't. I mean, is it just because he's like not controllable? Is it because he are they afraid he's like a, he's like the loud uncle that makes the family look bad at church? I mean, what is what is the hatred going on? Well, I mean, the establishment doesn't like him because he's the only one that's not essentially guaranteed to play by the rules. He's not receiving large campaign contributions from everyone under the sun. I think the Koch brothers essentially wouldn't let him attend or didn't invite him to this massive fundraising deal that went down not too long ago. Um, like he's he's on the outs with all the money Republican people. And, you know, the people that uh, like the status quo and like the way that the game is currently rigged, uh, you know, they don't want anyone tipping over their uh, checkerboard. And he's he's literally the only candidate that seems vaguely interested or able to potentially kick over that checkerboard because everyone else they is taking get, money from these they people. They do get, though, like, do they understand that they are radically insulting and alienating their audience? But, but Steph, you see, attacking Donald Trump, mischaracterizing him, painting him in a negative light has worked so well to destroy his popularity over the course of the last month that, uh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, they, just making Kelly understand that Donald Trump was working the media like a magician works a deck of cards before she was even conceived. <laughs> like, this is like, this is like the karate kid goes up against, you know, some other guy, and then they just call it an airstrike. And it's like, I don't care if you're standing on a pole doing that weird flippy kick, you're still going up in smoke. I just like, Donald Trump is the guy, he handles the media with ease, and Megan, Megan Kelly taking him on. I mean, I looked at some comments on conservative websites, and they hated her for that. Oh, I mean, I'm curious to see what happens with the ratings to her show, because there's a large segment of people that really like Donald Trump. And I assume a segment of that population were the viewers of her show. And I don't know, you can't walk away from this um, with any respect for her if you are aware of you know what was being done there. I mean, this was not some type of non-biased, simple, let's ask a question and get an answer. You know, we need an informed electorate. Let's figure out what this position is. No, they just hatch a job right from the start. And we didn't even get to and the second thing yet. One. Not even a subtle thing. Okay, what was the second one? <laughs> well, the second one is um, she asked Trump, she ran through a list of things that he's either said on Twitter or said on The Apprentice or said, you know, in his, what, 30 oh, I've plus got a quote. years. Oh, you, you got it? I've actually got, yeah, I got, you want yeah, it? Yeah, go ahead, read it. Okay, Kelly says, I have to give that steel-eyed Valkyrie from hell look, right? <laughs> Mr. Trump, one of the things people love about you is you speak your mind and you don't use a politician's filter. See, politician's filter is a very interesting phrase mm. because it sounds like he's got Tourette's. <laughs> you know, he's got Truthettes, you know? <laughs> like somebody pokes you with a needle and you yell swear words in front of old church ladies. You stick you a have camera no in front of Donald Trump, and he just says, Mexicans are evil. That's yeah, He's the deranged old no, grandpa. You have no yeah. filter. Uh, you, something is missing in your neofrontal cortex. You simply feel and speak like some retarded person. So a politician's filter. However, that is not without its downsides. In particular, 
when it comes to women. Da, da, da. Right. So now he's like uh, not only betraying the Republican cause, but he's mean to women. So you have an attractive woman showing her offense and rejection of him while claiming that he's hostile towards women, which programs all the white knights to rush to her aid and to dislike Trump. It's very, very manipulative sexually and, and reproductively evolutionarily very uh, dishonest and manipulative. Of course, we've never seen <laughs> that no, before no, in never, any context. Never. <laughs> and it says, um, you've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is her big, uh, this is, this is a presidential debate mm -hmm. about major policy issues, things that affect the country. And she's like, you said something you mean said on Twitter. Mean things to women. <laughs> And, Your Twitter account and has several open. disparaging comments about women's looks. I, I'm a little concerned that now Twitter is a thing in presidential politics. What did you tweet 15 years ago? You know, I'm just imagining several, the debates wait, of no, the no. future. <laughs> Your Twitter account has several disparaging comments about women's looks. Uh, Megyn Kelly apparently wildly offended that someone could be judged by her looks. Tell me, is she like a formaldehyde skull covered almost entirely in lacquer? <laughs> Because, like, her makeup, is that, like, applied with a water cannon or a spatula? Or is it, like, dropped from space? Does she just actually find, like, makeup counters and dive into them and roll around till everything adheres to her and she emerges out? Perfect hair, which just, I'd love to see Megan Kelly in a windstorm. It's exactly the same as, Megan, same as seeing Megan Kelly, not in a windstorm. <laughs> and is that stuff just tattooed? Like, flawless complexion, perfect skin, perfect hair, dyed, styled, it's like... I can't believe you judge women by their looks. Yeah, Megan, because you got the job because of your brain. I'm not saying she's dumb. Sure, she's very smart. I think she was a lawyer and all that. I know she was an aerobics instructor because that's important. But if she had a facial um, tumor, we wouldn't be seeing her as a moderator on this she, panel. I don't know. Like, no, and if just show if show up without makeup, and I'll, I'll I'll listen to you more when you say that nobody should judge women by their looks or disparage other women's looks. I mean, she, she just really rolled focuses. out of bed looking like that, though. That's very clear now. And yes, if the bed is entirely made of makeup and makeup artists, I would actually completely agree with you. Anyway, so also. she says there's several disparaging comments about women's looks. You once told a contestant that would be a pretty it would be a pretty picture to see her on her knees. <laughs> see, does that sound like the temperament of a man we should elect as president? And how do you answer the charge from Hillary Clinton, who is likely to be the Democratic nominee, that you are part of the war on women? Okay, first of all, Democrats support abortion. Uh, millions of female fetuses are aborted every year. Somehow, though, what's negative to women and their lives is Donald Trump's Twitter account. I mean, Jesus, <laughs> God Almighty. Something, Jesus, There's something God very Almighty. important that she conveniently omitted. Is she didn't say some women. She said women. Mm. Mm -hmm. As in women as a whole. What if he was right. talking about particular women? Maybe it was true for them. Well, that's what Trump did. He immediately came out and said, Rosie O'Donnell. That was in reference yeah, to Rosie O'Donnell, and like the crowd just roared. <laughs> very, <laughs> and, um, very she, she's in the background. You can hear on her mic going, no, it's not just that. It's not just that. Oh, no, <laughs> for the record, Mr. Trump, it's not just Rosie O'Donnell. There are other fat pigs out there. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. That, the first part was her, the second part was You know, it, was me. It, it just, it amazes me, though. I mean, like, yes, I get it. Trump's on stage, and uh, he was on The Apprentice for all these years, and this is a reality show, and 
You know, he's he's on stage because of his success and his reality show and his business experience, and that's all kind of tied into the Donald Trump package. But I mean, it's a reality show. You're you're saying for those that don't know reality shows, there's a whole lot of scripted nonsense that goes on with reality shows to make them interesting. I think Pendulette's actually talked about this quite a bit. Some of well, the and I, I the moment that somebody I'm sorry to interrupt, Mike, but the moment and I know this because I get quoted out of context all the time, right? So the moment that somebody has a snippet, mm-hmm. then I have big question. absolutely no interest in anything else that they say. Yeah, I don't know in what context he said it would be a pretty picture if the woman was on her knees. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It could have been like, well, you're so high and mighty, it would be a pretty picture if you were on your knees cleaning up something once in a while, but you could have said to anyone. Like, I'm just, I have no idea what the context is, and therefore, I simply don't care what the person is saying. Right. Right. You know, the fact that he called a woman a fat pig. You know, I think Donald Trump's answer is like, you know, we're all a grown up table <laughs> to paraphrase. We've got more important things to do than worry about political correctness right now. Yeah. And uh, I just thought, uh, I don't know, I, just ridiculous. And again, have, have, have none of these other candidates ever said anything that's questionable in any way, shape or form? No, but it's only Donald Trump who must be targeted in this way, I really think it's going to backfire. I think that the media is flexing its muscles to try and bring this man down, and they are going to lose out. I think that Fox News is going to lose out. I think they came across horrendously in uh, this uh, so-called debate. Uh, I think that the preening and the I, me, me, I attention-seeking by the moderators at the beginning was horrendous. I think that the obvious vicious biases that they showed throughout the entire debate uh, renders them non-credible. The, the, the people in America really like Donald Trump. And when you really like someone, seeing ridiculous, petty, stupid attacks. Just, I mean, if, if they worked, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Yep. So it would have gone the way of the dodo years ago. It doesn't work. It tends to strengthen whoever you hate. Well, and they have some strong empirical evidence of that in the last month with Trump's poll numbers, yet they decided to take a swing. And I guess we'll find out tomorrow in the days ahead what the the fallout is. But you could have created a massive underdog in people that are going, man, they treated that guy terribly. And he might be at 60% tomorrow. I don't know. Or maybe this will have a negative effect. I have no idea. I have no idea. But uh, if I had to bet, I'm not imagining this is going to erode his support. Now, let's turn to Jeb Bush. Well, let me now, just say this real quick, Steph. My, my sorry, original point was, so this, he says something on The Apprentice. Um, and, you know, it's, I get it. I get it. It's something he said. This is an entertainment show. You know, it's not like he's on the floor of the Senate saying something like that. To me, I take it with a bit more seriousness if it's in that context. He's essentially doing a reality show in a way he's doing a movie playing himself. And he made a snarky comment. So it's like, I don't know, did they go through Ronald Reagan's acting movies and say, you shot an Indian. I, we cannot elect you as president. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's the equivalent uh, in some ways. And I get it's a little different, but I mean, come on, for Pete's sakes. Anyone that's been in the public eye for that length of time on TV. I mean, if you take the sheer number of man hours that Donald Trump has been on national television over the course of his entire I don't know, public career. Oh, my God. I mean, you could find him saying just about anything at this point, I got to think. Well, not to mention, you know, he's been deposed and the New York Times had uh, where he was deposed in, in court and tried to spring something from that. They brought up uh, divorce papers from his wife, uh, Ivana, from the 90s. 
uh, and brought up stuff from that. I mean, it is. I, I really, again, I think I think that the media overestimates because they they've been kowtowed to by so many politicians. I really think the media is overestimating how much effect they're going to be able to have. I think the media is kind of like Peter Keating at this point, or <laughs> actually Gail Wynand at this point in the Fountainhead, where he tries to sway public opinion and it just doesn't work because he thought he was a leader, but he's in fact only a follower. So yeah, I, I'm going to follow this, but my my prediction is that uh, it's not going to harm his standing. In fact, I think it's going to strengthen him. People, The media don't like, sorry, they don't understand just how much people mistrust and dislike them. I mean, the me media ratings uh, of trust, I think, are in the 15 to 18% rate. I mean, it's really, really low. Yeah. And when the media turn on someone, everyone knows that the media is not reporting on immigrant crime. Everybody knows that the media is not reporting on minority crime. And um, the degree to which people trust the media, uh, I think that they're overplaying their hand here. So we'll, we'll see, of course, as, as time goes forward. Yeah. Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. Jeb Bush. I think he missed his calling. I mean, <laughs> Jeb Bush would be a perfect open daylight smash and grab criminal. The reason being, no, the reason being, like, he could be the most vicious in-your-face criminal because there's simply no way you'd be able to remember him. <laughs> no, like they'd, they'd, they'd put you in front of a lineup, right? And there'd be a pasty-faced guy with a weird haircut and a half a double chin. There'd be a pile of tapioca. There'd be a half-deflated Michelin man. And he'd be like, I don't know, uh, I, some guy. I, I, got, I looked at his face for like 30 seconds straight. He walked off. And I just remember a blob. He looked like one of those kid extras in, in Pink Floyd's The Wall. He did appear to be melting during the actual debate. It was kind of concerning. Yeah. And, and <laughs> my favorite horrifying, like, tells you everything you need to know about this guy was uh, Jeb Bush saying, you don't have to tell me about veterans dying and, and the, the agony and the pain it causes families. You don't have to tell me about that. And I thought, wait a minute. I mean, his dad was a fighter pilot in World War II, but is still alive. Bush was like an Air Force guardsman in Texas or something. He's still alive. Like, is there some Bush who died in a war that I'm not? Because his guys, he knows what these families are going through. He knows how mm. horrifying it is. And do you remember why he, he said that he knew all of this? Uh, that escapes me because he is very forgettable. As because you, you see, he phoned the people oh. to whom it happened. Oh, Oh, you see, he picked up the phone and he said, damn, bad, man. That's terrible. I'm so sorry. So he knows exactly what's been going on because, you see, he's made the phone call. He even dialed himself. Steph, no, can I you believe that. No, I probably not. That. I doubt that Cause, because he's so nondescript that the phone is like, I don't know. Am I being tickled? Somebody push my button? I don't know. He apparently lost like an absurd amount of weight, like 40, 50 pounds just recently. In preparation oh, really? for this. Yeah, he lost it. Oh, Wait. I wonder if that's where his charisma was. <laughs> the 40 pounds he lost. Was, yeah, don't sweat him. Sweated it away. Charisma. I am now a skeletal shadow of my former self. Well, you know, he, um, there was a later question about immigration, and he's just like, just this week I devised my policy. And it's like, good God, Jeb. Everyone's known that you were going to run for like four years at this point since the last election cycle. It's like, well, Jeb Bush is going to run. Of course he's going to run. It's been set up for a long, long, long time. And it's like, I just came up with my policy this week. It's like, boy, glad you didn't waste any time there, Jeb. <laughs> Good God. Well, obviously he had other things to do. Um, like learn how to. No, he's, he's, he learns how to blend into like a wide variety of different fabrics. So like he stands in front of them and just... <laughs> 
vanishes. <laughs> so that that's not easy. That's not easy to do. It's like it's a chameleon with like tartans and old Volkswagen seat covers and stuff like that. Crazy stuff. I wonder what, oh man, I'm just thinking like now the Bush family Thanksgiving dinners. Can you imagine? I mean, do they let... Do they let Dick Cheney carve the turkey, or uh, do they not trust him with the knives? No, I'm not Dick sure. Cheney just, first of all, they throw up the turkey, and Dick Cheney just shoots it in the face. So that's the important thing. That's the, that's the first ritual of any Bush family dinner. Um, <laughs> then they waterboard a couple innocent people, and then they move on from there, you know? <laughs> and I also wanted to mention, too, like Ben Carson, there's some, you know, and I can say this with some authority, there's such a thing as being a little bit too much the voice of reason. He, ben Carson's like, I'm the nicest man on the planet, is essentially the And he is, the- and you know he's got like half a Kentucky Plains worth of horsepower between his ears. Mm-hmm. And you know he's a surgeon, so obviously he's a secret sadist in a Steve Martin, a little shop of horrors kind of way. But just, that's a little too reasonable. I don't mind a little bit of fire in the belly when it comes to my sophists and orators. That sort of was my thought. Well, you know, if you're, if, uh, you know, your go time is like, operating on somebody's brain since he's a neurosurgeon you know being on stage with a bunch of idiots with uh, people asking you questions meh you know <laughs> life he, and death hanging at the balance you know it's, yeah surprisingly it's a little airtime too i thought uh, they didn't really have much did you notice that story did you didn't seem that was i just missing that i went to the washroom at one point did they just not get much not many of them airtime. got airtime i mean this format yeah doesn't seem no he didn't get way. much time he didn't get much time and it, that is that was part of my issue with the, the whole debate is they didn't concentrate long enough on anyone in particular, so I would learn something about what the, their plan is, what their position on certain issues are. I did not learn any of that. I did learn about uh, whose father was a mailman. <laughs> I did learn that, which was very, very important for my decision as a non-American on who I'm, go- I'm going to cast my vote on. Yeah, in the the, the blue collar roulette, we got uh, we we came up full mailman. Uh, and we got full mailman. Go full uh, we got uh, grandmother barely spoke English. Uh, Klingon, I think, was the language of choice. There was another one. I'm sure mill worker in the John Edwards style, and uh, everyone was poor. Everyone. My father was a central a central tunnel support on the New Victoria Line. <laughs> My father was a pavement. My father was a hand puppet. <laughs> My father was a table. Boy, it hurt his back. I don't know. Uh, yeah, don't, don't tell me how bad your genes are. Well, it was hilarious. I mean, all these politicians are out there, you know, with many of whom with very scripted answers, you know, whenever it was a question, even in the vicinity of something that they prepped for. And most of the other candidates were getting tossed some stuff that was certainly a lot softer than what Trump was given. And so it'd be like, all right, let's push the button and get this response. And it's it's fascinating to me that in a debate, in a race, which is being dominated by somebody who's speaking off the cuff, the American public is very clearly saying we are done with this talking point, you know, polished political speak. I mean, you just it's one of the it's like porn. You know it when you see it. You know it when you hear this political speak. And oh, my God, they just. You know, let's continue to do the thing, which is, uh, you know, the up- that's the exact opposite of what this massive uprising in the political process for the Republican Party is based off of, which is just plain talk, honesty, and realism, which is what you're getting from Trump. So, I, I, God, the political robots. I haven't listened to a lot of that stuff in a while, and, oh, God, 
Yes, I get it. You love the flag. I get it. Your family was poor. I get it. You overcame lots of odds. You probably cut taxes. Maybe you shook hands with a black guy at one point in time. I get it. You're, you're a great, wonderful human being. But could you at least say it from the heart as opposed to reading it off a cue card? Ugh. And can I also just, you know, Mike, you apologize on behalf of America. I'd like to apologize on behalf of Free Domain Radio for even inadvertently or unconsciously in our listenership uh, on behalf of Mike associating pornography with this debate in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> I need the one to ruin pornography nor future debates for everyone by imagining, I don't know, Ben Carson twerking uh, at the Ted Cruz or something like that, just so people can uh, just tr try and remove those associations from your brain. I would like to see brain. Ben Carson uh, performing brain surgery on several of the candidates and moderators, but that's, that's a whole can other I, can story. I give you a, uh, <laughs> can, I, can I give you a, a tiny, um, this is off the cuff, uh, just improv of what that looks like. Oh, please do. Are you ready? I'm, I'm, all right, I'm ready. Go for it. Nope. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> nope. I don't know. Check behind you. <laughs> this brainstem's got to lead somewhere, people. Can we, can we just keep looking? Give me a flashlight. Come on. Miner's helm. Anything. Echo. <laughs> Look underneath the blonde hair. <laughs> I don't know how advanced the field of medicine is nowadays, but can they implant a personality in you? <laughs> no, if if they could implant a personality in Jeb Bush, I would be be very satisfied with the, <laughs> with the outcome of the, the debate because the guy for a, one of the front runners, he was remarkably bland. And I don't I'm as an outsider, I don't want to be watching a WWE <laughs> style <laughs> presentation. But, but at least the w, average WWE fighter has a lot more personality and is memorable. Whereas these Some guys are would be helpful. Some, I, yeah. I, would, I would support them implanting a personality into Jeb Bush only if that personality was the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> that should be like a perma, a perma grin. Everything's whole, going according to plan. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, Everything <laughs> Rand Paul, why so serious? <laughs> In his like little costume with like the like the white coat and like right before anyway. I think if the Joker I, I was actually that. on the stage, he would have been lobbed more softballs, and they lobbed at Donald Trump. It's just like, yes, yeah, so I heard you murdered a truckload of people, but uh, what's your thoughts on immigration? Yeah, as opposed to Trump, just everyone going for his throat because you know he dared call Rosie O'Donnell fat six years ago or something. This is the the moral crisis that our nation faces presently. So. um they didn't really go into some of the massive failures of the Republican Party, right? But they each were the given so much Party, time. Yeah, no, but I mean, the Republican Party, like, had control of the White House and Congress and completely failed to secure the border, which is what a lot of the Republican voters want. Mm -hmm. By the way, everyone, these are policies I'm describing. I'm not getting behind them. I'm merely describing it. Some guy killed another guy. You're a murderer! <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm telling you what someone... Anyway. We're discussing but this so, within the status matrix. Just Yeah, they, they had control of White House and Congress. Uh, they neither secured the border nor produced any remotely balanced budget. GOP handed uh, American Republic, uh, uh, the American citizens the TSA. Uh, they also handed the American citizens the Patriot Act and uh, expanded Medicare to include... This is under Bush, uh, Shrub, right? In, in, expanded Medicare to include this prescription drug coverage. Uh, they um, uh, created the precursor to this common core and the race at the top. And Justice Roberts uh, from the Supreme Court uh, was a GOP presidential nominee. 
And uh, Jeb Bush loved this guy, and, and he's the guy who affirmed Obamacare. Uh, no, twice, in fact, not even once, but twice. And uh, it seems, so people, when people say, well, where the hell is, is Donald Trump coming from? It's because nobody believes that the Republicans are doing anything other than lying to them as a whole. And now, again, I, I have a softer spot for Rand Paul. Uh, and I thought ten, Ted Cruz came across, uh, and he has got very nice eye sockets. I just really like very. <laughs> no, he does. They're he very has specific. About he it. has very, very gentle and and uh, you know huggable eye sockets. Uh, I can't really explain it exactly, but uh, it's um, Rubio he's got these Clint also Black, there. Michael Landon kind of benevolently empathetic eye sockets. Anyway, I'll, I'll explain that never because I can't <laughs> possibly, possibly do it. You have a diagram. Uh, Paul, uh, uh, Rand Paul and Ted Cruz. In 2014, like just last year, they openly said that they're not going to support any challenges to an in incumbent congresspeople or senators. And th th they themselves got in that way by challenging incumbents. Once they're in, they're like, well, we're not going to support any challenges to, to any incumbents. And uh, it's just, it's brutal. Um, Huckabee made this, he kept calling Social Security and Medicare an entitlement, uh, which it's not. Um, Social Security in particular is not an entitlement program. Americans pay into it. Welfare, welfare. That's an entitlement program. You don't have to pay into it or anything like that. And um, so I, I think that people, the, the, the Republicans don't know the degree to which people simply don't believe them anymore and how desperate they are to rein in the expanding power of government. And these guys were just spouting out more platitudes. I'm going to do this and you can count on me to do that and you can trust me. To do. It's like a lot of these guys have been in power for a long time. Why, why haven't they, say, impeached Obama uh, for, like, the guy says, oh, when I go into power, I'm going to repeal every unconstitutional thing that Obama did. It's like, well, why didn't you impeach him for unconstitutional, like, behavior at the moment, right? Do something, for Pete's sakes. Do something. I think at this point, the American people would be happy to elect someone that they disagree with on a good chunk of issues that they at least think is being honest with them. You know, because every party, um, it's just the same thing every time they tell you what you want to hear and it's in pretty language and it's all colored up and everyone looks good and there's still promotional photo and then same stuff different day happens more government power more of your money going in someone else's pocket and the average american losing so basically you're saying that the american voter is now in a hate sex relationship with washington <laughs> That's like I hate you so much. That's kiss. Like it, it, it has. I think it's it's really devolved to that, and I think that's where Trump's momentum uh, is uh, is coming from. Uh, yeah. There was, there was one thing I was trying to figure out while watching the debate. Is I was very very curious about this because as soon as I saw how it began, I knew that they hate Mr. Trump, and the hate maybe a strong word, but despise even I would say. Especially the, the moderators. And to me, it was like the interesting question then became, all right, how is he different from the rest of them? Like, what is that one radical position that he holds that no one else does? And I was trying to figure that out throughout the debate. And as far as his positions, the, the things he said, he seemed moderate, like a moderate Republican to me. Like, there, there isn't that much different apart from what he said about the immigrants. Is that the major, the major issue why they don't? Well, like... they've all since adopted that position. You know, everyone's pretty much piggybacked on that and said, "Oh, yeah, but what Donald said, but I said it first. I'm going to pretend that I said it first. You know, so it's not like the immigration position is that yeah. different because now everyone wants to close the border because oh, people really like that. 
that's a, a popular position? Okay, okay, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. Good dog. Good dog, good dog. And, uh, yeah, and even even that is not strong enough of a, of a difference between him and the others. There, there doesn't seem to be anything apart from maybe, as you said, the fear that he's actually going to do something as opposed to say he's going to do something. He's not part of the club. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. He's not part of the club. And uh, well, I, I, I think I think that what the candidates don't like about him is that he is. It's 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 sort of like okay, imagine this story. And so Mike and I have been practicing mixed martial arts for about twenty years, and we've been working at it like five hours a day, and we are ripped. Okay, obviously this is going to be <laughs> a mental <laughs> Take journey. Take your shirt off again. Stretching, obvious, it, right? stretching my mind but, but a bit. We, but hey, we we have been we we've just I mean, we 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 are at the top of our game. Like and we are, we are both going for the mixed martial arts championship of the universe. Experienced, you know, coming off a great training camp, we're looking good. Absolutely, and and everyone is like, man, these guys are the best. They are the they're killers, right? Now, Stoyan, let's imagine that you are say two hundred pounds, not muscle. <laughs> two hundred pounds of like pure American lard, right? You're whatever right. Jeb Bush lost. <laughs> You're just right there. <laughs> Big pile of and, and and you come into the ring, and you're like, "Hey, you know, I've always wanted to try this. I, uh, it looks cool on TV, and uh, you know, I I wrote some books. Let, let, let me give it a shot, right? Ow, my and, arm, and, Stoyan! Ow, ow, and you, ow! You walk in, you walk into the ring, and our limbs fall off <laughs> because there's this weird blur, and it's like, "Hey, w- why is my foot in my mouth not attached to anything, <laughs> and why is my head rolling down the canvas?" <laughs> Because because Donald Trump is a very competent and skilled human being, you know, regardless of his policies. I mean, the guy is a fantastically successful businessman. He's worked the political system. He's an incredibly successful television producer and reality TV star. He's written numbers of best-selling books. He's, like, ferociously competent. Like it or not, agree with him or not, you want to get something done you give it to Donald Trump. He's wandered in. He's wandered in to these this club, I think as Mike's referred to it. I think I'm getting it now. So he's wandered into this club. These guys have all been politicians forever, right? And and these these pundits have all been covering politics forever. And he wanders in, he starts talking about illegal immigration. He starts questioning John McCain's war hero status. He starts talking about bad trade deals. Do you think these guys know trade deals from, the, you know, what they click on iTunes to accept? <laughs> they don't know what any, but this guy is an international businessman. He's, he, he's, you know, his ties are produced in China. He's done international deals. And, and he has completely shaken up the establishment and he's like way ahead of the front. He's way, like, what is he now? Over, he's close to 30% in the poll? Uh, it depends on which poll, but he's, yeah, he's running away and gaining yeah. every single day. So he's just basically, he's like, yeah, you know, I think I'll give this politics thing a try. <laughs> and these guys are getting their asses wiped. Compl- like, no, asses wiped. <laughs> they're, they're getting their asses kicked by this guy up, up and down, and he's not even breaking a sweat. And a lot of the pundits said, he's not going anywhere. This is a stunt. He's not going to mm-hmm. run. He's not going to file. He's not going to you know, do his disclosures. He's not going to reveal his income. He's not going to sell off any stocks that are conflict of interest. And they all thought he was just drumming up 
sub, sort of uh, marketing publicity and, and media attention for the next attention. yeah for the next season of The Apprentice, and then. When he refused to go and do The Apprentice, NBC turned on him, of course, right? Because The Apprentice is such a moneymaker for him. And they've tried uh, spinning it off to a bunny, Martha Stewart and other people have tried. It doesn't work, right? So this guy is like accidentally the greatest politician. <laughs> That's almost an insult. That has been around, <laughs> I would argue, since about Ronald Reagan, who also, I mean, he was governor of California first, but he came out of the movie industry. Mm. Uh, he was head of the Screen Actors Guild, Ronald Reagan and so on. But these guys are like, I've been doing this for 20 years. This Trump guy wanders in and is completely kicking everyone's ass and showing us how it should be done. Yeah. Go, like, everyone's like, ooh, I don't want to talk about illegal immigration. I'm going to talk a racist. He's like, illegal immigration, let's talk about it. <laughs> and he's like surging in the pulse. So these guys are clueless about what they've been trying to do. For, like, they've been doing this political stuff for 20 years. And they're clueless about what the public wants and how it works. And the pundits are clueless about what the public wants and how it works. And they're clueless about Donald Trump's ambition and focus. And so I think they're all kind of revealed as incompetent. Well, it's, it no, comes just down to either well, – let me just finish this one point, Stoy. But um, it, it comes down to either they're incompetent for the reasons you just mentioned or – well, we we don't talk about this stuff because it threatens people that we need to be friendly with. So either they're completely incompetent or they're evil. <laughs> you know, corrupted evil. Well, big big business loves Obamacare, which is why the Republicans don't. They only make a show of fighting it. Big business loves Obamacare because it gets uh, medical costs off their payroll and uh, and onto the taxpayers as a whole. Oh, insurance and companies are doing great off of Obamacare. Yeah, and, and the big business, as Ann Coulter points out, the big business love illegal immigration because it drives down wages and it's a source of cheap labor. Mm. Uh, you know, why go to China when you can, whatever, right? Yep. So all of this stuff is uh, is key and and I think that, that Donald Trump is coming in beholden to no one, yep. doesn't need money from anyone, doesn't need support from anyone and I think that there's this big cozy big business Republican relationship that's going on uh, and, and in the same way that the Democrats are always wooing the poor, uh, and not really talking about it. The uh, Republicans are always wooing the big business and not really talking about it. And I think he's coming in and just upsetting that whole apple cart. And everybody's existing relationships will be rendered far less valuable if Trump uh, continues to move ahead. Yep. No, that no, makes, makes a lot of sense. And at the same time, it's it's like these people, they run away from the free market. They run away from people like Trump and they kiss the ring of power to gain prominence. And suddenly, the, the the most dreaded enemy, the guy who has actually achieved something on his own, comes in and threatens to steal their glory. Like, would you? It's not just fear. I think it's also jealousy. Steal their glory and take their money. You know, take, <laughs> threaten their interests. Now, help me understand this, because I can't, I can't figure this one out to save my life. Whenever you see a democratic debate. It's always like, Hillary, is your granddaughter cute? <laughs> Do you like puppies, Hillary? Please tell us. Right. <laughs> right. Whereas um, the, the Fox News is supposed to be a bit right of center. I mean, they do have liberals and all that on their payroll, but they're supposed to be kind of right of center. And this like seemed like some bizarre monastic self-lacerating, <laughs> self-flagellation. We're not worthy. We hate ourselves. You know, it's like some caricature of a self-loathing Jew to watch these <laughs> Republicans hate 
themselves to, to this degree. And I just, I can't, like, is this some Christian thing? Like, they got to do penance for breathing or something? Like, I don't know. The, because the Democrats all just lob softballs at, at, at themselves. Hey, let's get George Stephanopoulos, who was a Clinton, high Clinton aide and chief of staff, to interview Hillary Clinton, wherein he will ask her how she manages to stay so youthful with an ever-piling <laughs> set of cankles below her waist. And and it's like, a, it's all soft and fuzzy puppies in, on the Democrat side, and the Republicans are like, so I hear you're an asshole. Care to comment? And it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Give them some easier questions. Or why don't you just give neutral questions and let everyone answer it and then let them debate with each other a little bit? What's with these horrible questions? Well, the, the, I'm not sure it was the third question, but it was like it, mentally it was the third one for me right after the Rosie O'Donnell, you know, did you call? women x y and z they followed up and essentially asked the other candidates explain why donald trump is wrong and it's just like wow but it wasn't just like all of them all of them i've heard criticisms of you from here it's it's like watching in like the the democrats it's it's like watching a hawk go and eat a bunny with this Republican debate, it was like watching a bird wandering into a bathroom and attacking itself in the mirror until its beak broke off. It's insane. <laughs> Why are they so hostile and horrible towards their own candidates? Again, putting Fox on the right and so on, but I think that's fairly well known. I couldn't figure that out. Are, are they trying to appease? Like they say, oh, well, the liberal media is going to say we softballed all of these. Who cares what the liberal media says? You're Republicans. You're not supposed to care what they say. You're, it's trash talking in the WW, in the world wrestling. What? Entertainment now? WWE? Yep, it's, it's, it's like trash talking. You're not supposed to. Oh, wait a minute. Did, did, did Macho Man Randy Savage say something negative about me? Well, I guess I better not say it. Kind of bad. <laughs> Dear God. I mean, has, have they just, have the liberal media literally got these children of these people hostages? I mean, just go and do what the liberal media does to their candidates and say, screw you if they're softballs. Why don't you throw a couple of hardballs at oh your own God. candidates? Oh my God, Hillary Clinton hasn't been asked a real question in how long now? For Pete's sakes. I mean, there hasn't even been a Democratic debate that's been scheduled as of yet. I think uh, I read that October, they're talking maybe in October, they'll do a debate. It's like so, well, I mean, Hillary Clinton's going to get a light sparring session uh, in the debate. I, I miss, I miss the thoroughbred lying of the Clintons, though. <laughs> I really do. No, I do. Like they, like they, they were a sleek animal in purest form. When you get Clinton up with a half truth, I mean, it's 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 like literally like watching somebody parse out a stop sign and turning it into into a go sign. Like it's just astounding the way that those guys could like verbally entrance the nation. Uh, and, and ever since, I don't know if it's Hillary Clinton, uh, where she got a brain injury, some people say, when she fell and had a concussion and couldn't testify in front of the Benghazi committee. Funny how, but yeah. it really is, like, I miss watching the thoroughbred best liars in the known universe work their craft. I mean, it's an evil kind of genius. You know, uh, like, they, they're magicians so good that you don't even mind that they take your wallet <laughs> and your watch <laughs> and your daughter's, well, <laughs> Bill, <laughs> at least, right? Any of your fetuses. Daughters? <laughs> now we just have debt. Anyway, um, so like, I, I miss that. Hillary Clinton has just turned into like a not good liar. Like she's turned into this like John Lovitz character from SNL, like the bad Mr. Unreliable Liar guy. You know, because she's like with her email server, I never sent anything classified. Uh, we found some classified material. I never sent anything that was classified at the time. <laughs> Uh, we actually found things that were classified at the time, 10% of the emails we randomly sampled. I never created and sent anything that was classified. It's like, didn't you guys used to be better at this? <laughs> Try harder. 
You know, if you're yeah. going to be evil, I at least, can you be, like, good at it? Like, don't insult my intelligence with being bad at evil. Like, really? Steve, the joke okay, What's, the, the, what's joke the name of a, of a great racehorse? I'm trying to think of one. Oh, God. There was a movie about Secretariat. There you go. No, this is like watching Secretariat in, in the morning glory with, like, dandelion fluffs going across the sky, charging, snorting fire out of its nose, and it's like watching a slow motion of Secretariat running full tilt into the side of a bar <laughs> watching the Clintons. It's like, you guys used to be so good at this. I, I miss just that unbelievably glorious, sleazy, Clinton-esque lying. They, they were just thoroughbreds in full form, and, and it just... I miss it. I do. I, I'm I'm nostalgic for enjoying having my pockets picked by those serpents. I just anyway, really want to do it. You know, that's actually her next campaign ad. Wait, no. <laughs> more serpenty. Better pick pockety. With more horses running directly into barns. Now, see, Hillary, <laughs> more horses running into barns. <laughs> hey, maybe that's how we can feed the poor. How about that? <laughs> We won't just show it on TV. We'll bring one to your house. <laughs> More glue. <laughs> She's taking donations from the glue industry. I knew it. No, because like you got a Clinton on either side. You've got Hillary Clinton like pickpocketing, and then you've got Bill Clinton. It's like, hey man, shouldn't shouldn't your hand come out of my pocket? At some point? <laughs> oh, the Hillary stuff is so bad that. The Democrats are actually clamoring for Joe Biden to run. I mean, like, that's that's like, you know, in case of emergency, break glass, but don't break this glass. Break some other glass, not the Joe Biden glass. They're actually right, asking... that's in case of emergency, break glass and cut your wrist with it. Because <laughs> you've got you've got Cankles, you've got Colonel Sanders, and you've got, like, Biden head, <laughs> who's just like this... Well, he's Foghorn Leghorn. That's Joe Biden is like Foghorn Leghorn from the only one you know, of the old uh, cartoons. I did have the well, I say, I say, I'm, I'm going to say some stupid stuff and and smile the whole time like I have no idea what the hell I'm saying. That's part of his charm. That's how, what they say. Like the fact he's that he idiot, says stupid stuff and makes gaffes, it's part of his charm. It's like, oh, OK. Try idiot, doing that as no a businessman. <laughs> no, no, Mike. Uh, sorry. So you were saying? Idiot, he's now charming. Is that what you're saying, <laughs> No, no, it's only charming if you lower your standards enormously, like catastrophically. Like my daughter is, you know, she'll do a picture of a butterfly. It's great. You know, if somebody's been studying art classes for 30 years and produces the same, it's not charming. Because <laughs> you expect them to have some slightly higher standards. Anyway, you know, I was watching. Anyway, um... That was a slight divergence. I just I, I, I just I really miss seeing the Clintons in their prime where you, you that, like the way they use language. It's you can see this this like the Steve Jobsian reality distortion field come around them and people start to float, you know, and like pencils are floating around them, anti-gravity, you see colors changing in the wall behind them, up is down, black is white, your eyes are where your teeth are and your teeth are where your ass is. Like the the way that they were able to talk people out of reality completely. I mean, there is an alternate dimension. It's just full of Clinton brains, not God. I just, you know, wanted to mention. Yeah, I don't think Hillary's going to be asked at a recent debate, you know. So, uh, your husband and women. Let's let's talk about that. There's not some yeah, tweets, it's the but there's some on stains women. on dresses that we need to talk about. Yeah. And some women that uh, have some pretty, pretty frustrating claims against him. But uh, I just, I want to say one more thing on Joe Biden, because I, I had this thought as we were watching Ben Carson on the debate. And I'm just like, Ben Carson's awesome. Like, 
you know, as far as a politician goes, he's a neurosurgeon, so he's actually done something. So like thumbs up. You get a thumbs up if you're a neurosurgeon for me. I don't care what your political <laughs> views are. And he's, you know, he's like the most polite, soft-spoken guy up there. And I'm just like, I wonder if Joe Biden thinks he's articulate, bright, clean, and nice looking. I wonder. I wonder if he passes the Biden test. <laughs> yeah, because that's what Biden said about Obama, right? Yes. He's, or as, as he's Bill Clinton clean. said about Obama, ah, 20, 10 years ago, this guy would have been getting his coffee, right? Are they asked about this in debates? I'm going to bet not. No, I, I have I have like this fantasy of these guys all getting together and doing something more productive than politics. It goes something like this. Um, Donald Trump builds a hospital. You've got Dr. Rand Paul for your eye care, <laughs> and you've got uh, Dr. Ben Carson for your neurosurgery, and you have... Hillary in the IT Jeb, department? No, no, the you rest, have Jeb Bush as your wallpaper. The rest working as your in soothing, the soothing, bland, tapioca color that's supposed to make psychotic people calm down a little bit. But sorry, go ahead. Oh, the rest <laughs> working in the morgue. They, they, they don't specify that. Well, Ted Cruz <laughs> is in the chapel. That's very clear. Ted Cruz is in the chapel, and no, all, all the taxpayers are in the morgue. <laughs> With smiles on their faces. They lock Huckabee out of the building, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought, I mean, I, I, I still would have no idea who to vote for until there's actually a contract where people have to actually do what they say they're going to do. I have no, I still no idea oh, who an Oh my God, just... <sighs> Let's say the idea here is to you know expose all these people in their positions so people can make an informed decision. You have ten people on stage. It's a hey, that's not going to happen. You give them a minute to ask a deeply complicated question, you know, about problems that have at times existed for multiple decades, and it's like I need you to sum that up in a tight sixty seconds, <laughs> and then we're yeah. going to play the little the little charm when we approach fifty five seconds, so you know to wrap it up. You know, once you've created world peace, solved all the problems, and we know exactly where you stand on this potential issue. It's like, oh, oh my, my god. god, I could never be in that debate. I'd like literally take an electrified crossbow and shoot out that fucking buzzer. <laughs> because don't didn't you find like okay, I'm finally getting interested. This guy's finished his fluff. He's rebutted something. Now he's starting to talk about something that could vaguely be called substance. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh Judy, my God! This Judy. is like school. I'm finally getting into. This. Move on to the next subject. Oh, okay. Now I'm finally. Cut him off. He's getting real. Cut him off. I mean, like, as far as formats to actually inform the electorate, could you think of a worse format? I mean, it really was like a bad reality show. You know, like, and and you know, a couple of them were cracking jokes, a few Huckabee jokes stood out to me, and it's just like, you know, I don't know that I like the fact. I mean, I get it, but I don't know that it's a positive for, you know, the uh, the country, for politicians and political candidates to have, like, joke writers. Like, this is... I mean, I oh, get it. Oh, that was Huckabee's joke about, like, you think he's talking about Trump, but he's talking about Hillary? Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's pretty clever. I, I get you. That's pretty clever, but, you know, there's, there's some problems here, and... Uh, I would like to, instead of laugh, I'm crying for some of the problems in the United States right now. Could you maybe talk about those instead of trying to make me giggle, please? Yeah, stand-up comedy is not going to solve any issues, so. <laughs> Wait, are you guys trying to tell me something here? <laughs> I don't. I'd be offended if I if I had any sensitivity whatsoever. <laughs> Let's Just move so. on from this so we don't offend Steph. That's, that's very important. Excellent. But la, 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 la. I, I have to tell you, this... It may have been my favorite part of the debate just for how hilarious it was. And I don't know if anyone caught it, um, but they asked Scott Walker about Black Lives Matter and the violent treatment of minorities by the police. 
And he gives, you know, cookie cutter answers. We need better training. Yeah, we need better training. And they specifically reference Ferguson in the question, which, I mean, way to throw Darren Wilson, um, the person who shot Michael Brown, completely under the bus when he was exonerated yeah, yeah, by Darren everyone. Been cleared by yeah. two formal investigations of any wrongdoing. And I know, I understand people don't know this because the media doesn't talk about it, but he's been like completely exonerated. They essentially said, you, you're, what you did, that's how you were trained. That's what you were supposed to do. So you're off. There's currently a civil suit against him because I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so no criminal charges were filed against him. He's, he's Scott clear. And, uh, so he <laughs> throws Darren Wilson under the bus, which is, you know, thump, 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 thump. Okay, that's great. And uh, then immediately after he gives this pat answer about the problem of racism in America, a commercial aired for the new Dr. Dre NWA movie called Straight Out of Compton. And for those of you that don't know, uh, NWA stands for Niggas with Attitudes. <laughs> and they had a massive hit in their heyday called Fuck the Police. <laughs> Which was on the album Straight Outta Compton, which also wait, happens to be like, the name of the wait, movie. Are you saying that this wasn't porn roleplay? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. And it's just like the contrast between talking about the serious racial tensions in America and Black Lives Matter to a movie about niggas with attitudes. Don't get mad at me. That's the name of the group. I, uh... I just, my brain just, like, had to reboot. <laughs> I did not guess that, no. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't even, like, a space. There wasn't, like, a Pepsi commercial in there before it. Nope, went right from him, right to the damn uh, straight out of Compton commercial. It's, uh, what can you even say? <laughs> what can you say? Well, can I, uh, can I also mention something else? Please do. I would love to know the marketing genius who thought that the very best place to spend their advertising dollars for a movie about the hood called Straight Outta Compton is right in the middle of the Republican debate. <laughs> no, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> like, oh my God. Okay. We've only got a limited amount of budget time. We could either go to BET or the whitest place in the known universe. I don't know what Ben I Carson... I know where I'm heading. I don't know what Ben Carson's street cred is these days, but... Uh... Not enough to carry the promotion of this movie, I'd imagine. <laughs> no, I doubt it. It would be, it would be concerning Straight out of if surgery. he has any street cred. <laughs> Sorry? It would be concerning if he has any street cred and he's running for president. I don't think we're at that stage in the United States yet. Maybe in a couple of years. <laughs> the way we're going. The way we're going. But uh, So, will you watch another one? Wait, wait, there's, some, there's something else before we get to that. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. They brought up the Trump bankruptcy stuff in, in like the latest thing. You know, every one of Trump's questions was something to make him look poorly. And they brought up right. his uh, the fact that several of his companies had declared bankruptcy over time. And he said, you know, I, I use the law just like every other businessman used the law. And the difference is that with me, it's front page news and everyone talks about it for 10 years. But with, uh, you know, all the other major companies that do this with subsidiaries and that kind of thing, they uh, they don't talk about it. And it just well, and and you got hundreds of companies, and four of them weren't doing well. So you cut out the cancer and save the body. Isn't that what you're supposed to do as a businessman? That's why there are these laws to begin with. I mean, I know we don't really enforce laws in the United States when it comes to things like illegal immigration and whatnot. But if if the you know 
ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, he used the law. If you don't like the law, don't hate the player, hate the game. I mean, that's if you're within the status matrix, if you believe in this system, don't hate the player, hate the game. Change the damn laws if you don't like it. But, you know, it's just another thing for them to, you know, you were mean to a woman at a temp agency when you were 18. You know, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, you know, the other thing, too, is that if that's all they've got on Donald Trump, Uh, it actually makes him look really good. You called someone a fat pig at some point in your life. uh, And you declared bankruptcy because your business wasn't working out. And what you should have done is destroyed your entire business empire (laughs) to save the companies that weren't performing well. You made an intelligent business move. Can you defend that for me? Well, oh well. No, I mean, so it it actually, in a weird way, it just, it kind of makes him look better. Like, okay, that's all you got, right? Mm. That's all you got. This is our big ambush. Well, and they're not asking, you know, Chris Cruz or whatnot about his uh, his bankruptcy. Wait, for Chris his... Cruz. No, wait, no, wait. Ted Cruz or Chris Christie. Oh, sorry. Chris Christie is what I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm mixing my C's. But, uh, you know, you're not asking Chris Christie, you know, about his bankruptcies for his failed businesses because he hasn't done anything of note in business. <laughs> and the fact he's done, Trump has done stuff in business is a bit of a qualifier for me. That's nice to see. Yeah. If you're in the public... Uh, you know, if we actually declared municipalities bankrupt when they actually were bankrupt, Chicago, then uh, <laughs> there'd be some some of these politicians with bankruptcies under their belts. We just don't call them bankruptcies. So, no, Mike, but you see, he's so bad at business that he somehow amassed ten billion dollars. But he I just, think he's I, I so think I heard this at, at a YouTube comment somewhere, Stoy, and he was just. He was given that money by his father. His father gave him a couple hundred million dollars in inheritance. And you see anybody that's given money could turn that into $10 billion. That's very yeah. clear. Oh, yeah. I've Very clear from everyone in the YouTube comments. They've told me very specifically that it's very easy to make $10 billion. Uh, I don't think that Donald Trump is making YouTube comments. I'm just going to point that out, too. I don't think I mean, Donald Trump, this $10 billion empire, is posting YouTube comments and shitty comments on videos. I'm, I'm just going to say. <laughs> But haven't you heard of all the lottery winners who become successful businessmen later on? It's the greatest thing that ever happened <laughs> I mean, in their lives. It's one of the <laughs> biggest stereotypes, yeah, about... Uh... Yeah, look, the, the idea that Donald Trump is some kind of buffoon is, is just a convenient fiction for people who are failures. The guy is enormously successful, and you can hate success all you want, but it doesn't mean that he's going to wake up in the morning and say, oh, well, you know, people don't think I, people think I'm a buffoon, so I'm gonna, not going to get out of bed. I mean, he just laughs at people like that. And I, I get that sort of mentality. It's the Donnie Kruger effect, you know, and it's this fantasy that, oh, the only reason I'm not successful is because people didn't give me, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars and so on. And it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. The, the, the guy could have just sat on a beach his whole life, but he didn't, yeah. you know, and, and people have tried to replicate his success and uh, and failed and you know people talk about this bankruptcy stuff like it's somehow some negative you know business people who never declare bankruptcy are they, they're not taking on any risks yep yep oh, exactly <sighs> i mean you know, boeing is not to can declare bankruptcy because they got the military industrial complex to keep them fat and tidy right <laughs> i mean he and he's working you know the bankruptcy thing too i mean this is where fox is so ridiculous because Fox, of all people, like of all the media outlets that are sort of vaguely mainstream, Fox knows the most just how difficult it is to try and do business, particularly in real estate. Mm. Because, because of the, you know, the, the government regulations and, and the manipulation of interest rates and the, uh, oh, you know, the, the origin story of the housing money. bubble. It's not pretty. 
Yeah, we've got a video on this channel called House MD, which is talking about the housing bubble. We just had uh, uh, you know, a good friend Peter Schiff on to talk about that stuff. I mean, it's really hard to do business in, in these bubbles. It's like the tech bubble, you know, again, it was just a, another way of just money printing, driving bubbles, which then collapse. So then this guy has, has built a successful business empire in a very difficult to succeed business environment. And only four bankruptcies out of, you know, the thousands and thousands of people that he employs. And the, I imagine at this point, hundreds of different business ventures he's been involved in, including those he's done directly and those he's, he's, he's licensed. If four bankruptcies, I mean, that's incredible. Plus, the guy went to the Wharton School of Business and was a very good student, and that's a, one of the hardest schools uh, to get into. I mean, the guy is smart. And, uh, you know, so the fact that, that he's, I don't know, I mean, is it that he's a larger-than-life personality? Does that make all the R bunnies scatter? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, but give the guy his props, uh, you know, gosh, I mean. Well, it annoys me, too, because, I mean, pers- I respect hard work and competence. I don't care if I disagree with you on everything. If you're hardworking and competent, I, I can respect that. I can respect those qualities. And no one can say that Donald Trump hasn't worked hard. No one can say that he's not competent. And I mean, okay, you don't like the guy's positions on everything. Okay, that's fine. But, uh, you know, trolling his business competence and his hard work just makes no sense to me. It's like, don't we want people that work hard? Isn't the story about the immigrants coming in about how they're all so hardworking and, you know, just striving to make a better time for their family? And, uh, I mean, but Donald Trump works hard and amasses an empire, and we don't respect that hard work and that competence. I don't, I don't know. Would it be better if thousands of people didn't have jobs? Yeah. No kidding, that, right? Is that, you know, this yeah. is the, he's the only guy, as far as I know of, I mean, he's the only guy uh, on that stage who's actually gone out and created jobs. And these guys are all like, I'm going to fix the economy. Wouldn't you like to be part of it? <laughs> oh, okay. One last thing. One last thing I wanted to mention. That'd be a good hand-raising question. You know, how many of you have created a job? <laughs> Everyone raise your hand. <laughs> no, okay, so here's the, the, I can't remember who it was that said it. It might have been, um, maybe if you guys remember that they were talking about uh, how to deal with ISIS, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume the ancient Egyptian Lord of the Dead. But uh, anyway, um, and, and one of them was saying, well, I went to talk to the guy who's the head of the Joint Chiefs of Stuff, and he said there's no military solution. One guy. There was some guy who was saying that. I, I just, it doesn't really matter who. Um, it's the guy whose name I can never remember, who's not Jeb Bush. Very He's memorable. memorable in his lack of memorability. But anyway, one of the guys was going to, and saying, well, I went to the joint chairman, the joint chief of staff, how to deal with ISIS. How, give me your 90-day plan for dealing with ISIS, right? <laughs> that just seems like the most annoying boss in the world. <laughs> no, it really does. And I've, I've had these bosses in the past, you know? Okay. The software is the software that you've inherited is riddled with bugs. The the specification and 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 project plan is completely incomprehensible, and we have a very hostile um, client who wants to pull the pl- plug on the whole project. Now, give me your seven day turnaround plan. <laughs> okay, turn around, walk out of my office. That's my plan right now. Yeah, ninety and, days and so, like it's layaway or something, and he's on an installment yeah. plan. <laughs> Because because ninety one days completely unacceptable. <laughs> Call now for peace in the Middle East. Available now, <laughs> day one. I mean, we used to have Churchill who'd say, you know, we've not reached the end. Uh, I, I think he said this nineteen forty one or something. You know, we've not reached the end. This is not even the beginning of the end. It may, however, be the end of the beginning, right? Because he said, you know, basically, settle yourself in for the long haul. But no, ninety days. We got thirty seconds to answer this question and ninety days to deal with ISIS. And he went to the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, and the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff said, there's no military solution. 
But you, you, you ha you, we can't beat ISIS until the people around them reject ISIS. We can't do that militarily, right? And you know what this cheese-eating politician said? I disagree. <laughs> I think he's an idiot, respectfully. I, I think he's completely wrong and a fool. Actually, no, he's not. Because you see, if your military is telling you that a dangerous enemy cannot be defeated when it can, in fact, be defeated, you shoot them. You shoot your military leaders. That's called treason. Mm. That is called treason. If, if the military, if your military can defeat an enemy and they're telling you it's impossible, that is treason. And that carries with it, as far as I understand it, at least in the military code of justice, the death penalty. That's a very interesting point. I never quite thought of that. <laughs> I disagree with this person with 30 years military experience. Because I, because I, <laughs> well, I, hey, if he was so good, wouldn't he be here instead? <laughs> I just, I mean, holy, the, 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 guy, the fact that the guy, like, I don't know what the hell these people are thinking. The fact that the guy went, I mean, every military person, like, rolled their eyes so far, they'd probably look like a Vegas slot machine with eyebrows. <laughs> right? Because, holy shit, like, unbelievable. Well, Steph, I'm sure immediately um, after telling this story, the media is going to get on this guy for disrespecting the troops. He hates all the troops now because he just said this general didn't know what he was talking about. So, John McCain, proxy, you, you hate all the troops. It's pretty funny. No, it's a, I, I bet you the media is not going to pick up on it at all. But to me, not. it was a completely jaw-dropping yeah. statement that there's what, what America considers to be the most dangerous enemy in the world at the moment. This guy goes to the military and says, give me a plan for, for defeating them. And they say, it can't be done. And he thinks they're wrong? Because he's a politician? I mean, that, that shows such a staggering disconnect between civilian and military leadership that you don't even trust your military leaders to tell you whether something is or is not possible militarily. Mm. That is, that, that to me, like, that's like end of the empire, like Rome falling in flames schism in uh, American society. And the fact that there wouldn't be in the audience this, whoa, what the, what did that guy just say? Or that the moderator said, are you telling me that we can defeat a military enemy that is considered to be the most dangerous enemy we have, we can do it, but the military is lying to you? <laughs> that the military won't engage in protecting American citizens for some unknown reason? Because if that's true, like court-martials need to rain down a plenty upon the military leadership for misleading the commander-in-chief about his military options to protect American citizens. Yep. No, but, but the alternative is even worse. Because if the military is correct about that, why is the United States government wasting so much money, quote-unquote, fighting ISIS? If it is an impossible task. <sighs> no, yeah, that's, a, that's a fantastic point. I, the, I these are the discussions and questions which will not be asked by the moderators within the context of the I'd be, I would like, I would like that, but that to me, if I were the moderator, that would be the entire rest no, of the No, but debate. Donald Trump said some mean things uh, to women, though. Yeah, That's... Donald Trump called Rosie O'Donnell fat on Twitter. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, Jesus, well Steph, when you put it that way, I mean. <laughs> I mean, the That's military mad. being incapable of defeating ISIS, Donald Trump mm, saying mean things. I can't decide which one uh, holds more weight for me. I'm... 
can take them. But I'm getting my point across, right? They're, they're, no, oh, yeah, I get it. It's I didn't think of it that way, but it's uh, wow, <laughs> what a presumptuous statement on behalf of Mr. Politician, who he's calling the military leadership traitorous in its defense of America. Yeah. Yeah. No, seriously, if you go to a doctor and you say to a doctor, give me the medical plan for saving my son's life, and the doctor says, he's terminal, it can't be done, and it turns out that that doctor is lying to you, what happens to that doctor? Oh, there goes his license. Yeah. yeah. And, and he'll go to jail? Yeah. And this is infinitely more serious than that, again, according to sort of the mainstream narrative and all that. Anyway, I just sort of, that to me was like, I'm like, did I just hear that correctly? What the hell did I just say? Jesus. No, great point, stuff. Really good point. Lost in the sea I of... I think uh, they're worth watching yeah. just for the jaw-dropping what everybody misses and the ridiculous inconsequentiality of the majority of the concerns that are raised, at least among the person they don't like. No, I'm glad you picked up on that, too, because I gotta say, watching this, I mean, like, I don't typically expose myself to this type of <laughs> content, and... You know, I've I've listened to some Donald Trump interviews, you know, him with someone and, you know, it's even if it's a little salty, it's, you know, at least you're talking about something and you have some time to parse out the, the conversation. But this just rapid fire ADHD style, you know, just shit being thrown everywhere, lots of negative remarks and insinuations made by just about everyone. And uh, it's like I. Halfway through it, I started feeling dissociated, like, oh, man, I got a bit of a headache just from yeah. exposing myself to this stuff. And this uh, this debate was projected to do, like, the best ratings for any presidential debate. I'm not sure if that's primary debate or, you know, just any debates up to the president uh, presidential elections. But it was projected to do massive ratings and have more eyeballs on it than just about anything because of Trump. And, uh, you know, this is what they see. This is what they're exposed to. And whose message up on stage is this this mess going to resonate with more? Who's, whose message does this confirm? You know, this this is what politics is. Look at this. Ew. I mean, wipe the, your shoes before reason. you walk into the house. Don't dare track this in on the carpet. It's disgusting. And, and the, the moderators, like the only reason, fundamentally, the only reason that most people are watching is for Donald Trump. You know, have a little gratitude. The guy's sending a couple of million eyeballs your way. You know, you don't have to defer to the guy, but don't be a dick. Well, I mean, you don't have to be don't have to be gracious to him, but can we at least be like fair to everybody <laughs> that's on the stage? I mean, we've there's these ten people on the stage. You know, they're very we by order of polling, and we we uh, take the averages of all these different polling numbers, and we actually seat them on the stage. You know, the number one is in the middle, and then we got we got to make sure this is all fair. And then you just ambush people. It's like, my God, can, can't we just ask people questions about issues and they can talk about them until they're done, given that they don't go on for 20 minutes? I mean, can't we have some intelligent conversation about what these people want to solve or do and the differences between them as opposed to who said what on Twitter or, you know, all the gotcha nonsense, which I think people are really, really sick of. And Trump, one of his answers was like, people are sick of political correctness. People are sick of this PC gotcha game type stuff, and this whole debate was a massive reflection of everything that um, I think his supporters uh, really, really don't like. 
and they are going to tune in and see Fox News. The only reason they're seeing there is because they like Trump and they're seeing Fox News being ridiculously unfair to Trump. Uh, I think it's really going to, this is going to teach Fox News a lesson um, that I hope that they, well, I kind of half hope they learn and kind of half hope they don't learn, if that makes any sense. But yeah. uh, the lesson will certainly be evident for them, I think. No, well, what, what the media. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, what amazed me the most is having seen um, John Stewart interview Donald Trump and John Stewart being more gracious and a better host than Fox News. I don't know what to say. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned John Stewart because um, we just put out a video on John Stewart, which you can check out. It's the video before this one. Um, and I was telling Steph, like, you know, John Stewart right now, he's disillusioned with the political establishment as it is, but still believes in the process. John Stewart right now could declare his candidacy, walk in the door, get the Democratic nomination for sure. No questions asked right now with the, the state Hillary's in and run for president. And it's like, you know, if, if you really believe in this system and everything, you're in a position to do it. There's not a whole lot of people that could do that. And, uh, you know, if you think everyone else in there is doing a bad job and you do a better job, I don't know. If you believe in the system, shouldn't you do that? But then looking at what happened on the stage today, and it's like, who would willingly subject themselves to that? I mean, how desperate for attention and power do you need to be? And I'm not putting Trump in that category as far as being desperate for attention and power. I mean, I legitimately get the the feeling that he wants to make some changes, whether you agree with his policies or not. I get the feeling he actually wants to make some changes, and he's taken lots of personal hits to uh, put himself up on that stage. But who, I mean, like, I don't know, it's another feather in his cap that it's like, you are willing to subject yourself to that amount of ridicule, hostility, and just, ew. And, uh, you know, God, I mean, whether you win or not, whether you make things better or not, I mean, like, if you believe in the system, I can respect someone that at least puts their money where their mouth is, wants to make a change, and is willing to subject themselves to all kinds of hostility to fight for what they believe in. You know, that's you get some brownie points for me, but who the hell is going to want to run now? I mean, like seeing this kind of stuff, think of the years in the future. I mean, it's uh, in some ways as an anarchist, that's uh, <laughs> that's an interesting question for other reasons. But I mean, are we just going to get the most vile of the vile, the most desperate for power in coming years? Because, I mean, seriously, who would do that to themselves? It's yeah. Oh. Oh, and I have to correct well, myself. Idealist or masochist. And, and in politics, the two, I think, are pretty much the same thing. Mm. I have to you said correct, you have to correct yourself, Stoy? It was Anderson Cooper who treated Trump better than Fox News, which is still quite impressive to me. Mm. Yeah, I've seen a couple of Anderson Cooper, uh, Donald Trump conversations. No, he asked he asked okay. the hard questions, but he mm-hmm. there was there wasn't this volatility of it. Do it. Yeah, and I, a thought that came to mind earlier is like, okay, so the media is still throwing these big bombs at the Donald and they're kind of like the federal reserve when it comes to saving the economy, quote unquote, and cutting interest rates. It's the only bullet in their gun. And, uh, as we know, it's Peter Schiff conversation. Um, you know, we're, we're at 0% interest right now. The federal reserve has cut rates to 0%. So they don't have a whole lot of bullets in their gun to try to jumpstart the economy, um, by pumping more money into the system. They're, they're, um, they can't pay people to take money. They're kind of where they are. They can't go any further. And the media is kind of what bullets do they have left in their gun after this type of ambush? I mean, I think what you're going to see, uh, however, it's going to go with Trump's poll numbers in the coming week, um, 
yeah, I'd say the next week or so. They're going to definitely want to do some polls right after this to see the impact that it's had. But if this doesn't take him down, I mean, he's getting the nomination. Uh, you know, the, the attack stuff, if, the, and this, if this is all they have to throw at him and this isn't working, what bullets are left in their gun to try to take this guy down? And every time they've attacked him, his poll numbers have just risen. So, I mean, I don't know. I want to see this next poll. I am, I am incredibly curious because you're going to learn something about um, the culture of America currently by what these next poll results are. You know, is this something that you're, oh, well, you know, they were very shitty to this guy. They were very mean to him on stage. So I don't like him anymore. You know, is, is it going to erode his support? Or are people going to be like, you know, this this stuff is unacceptable. This is not, you know, this is not the America I believe in and uh, support him even more. I'm curious to see what the answer to that question is, because it says a lot about the country and the people in it as a whole. So keep our eye on it. I think it's uh, it's going to be very interesting. And, uh, you know, as as anarchists and as voluntarists, the degree to which people are giving up faith in mainstream republicanism and the degree to which they're giving up faith in the media is the degree to which they come to that kind of fruitful despair that is usually the only way to get to new solutions. And so I think it's a, it's a very exciting time. Absolutely. 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 I'm certainly interested in what's happening. I don't know if I'm going to subject myself to another debate like this. I may just watch the clips on YouTube next time. <laughs> Unless people really like this post-debate analysis. <laughs> or they just yeah, really well, hate us and want us to do it again. Well, we'll uh, you know, <laughs> we we are your willing slaves. You know, there's a great picture of us on our knees. You know, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, if people like this kind of commentary or curious about this kind of stuff, uh, and uh, um, you know, or, or hate it with the a burning Megan Kelly's uh, nipples turning inwards when pointing towards. Donald Trump, uh, you know, just uh, let us know, you know, like or dislike, uh, give us your comments below, uh, and uh, we'll we'll be scanning them to see what uh, what people like. Uh, I, I find it interesting. I find politics a very interesting game, and it certainly affects a lot of us. And uh, I think it's a great way to get people into a conversation about more sensible alternatives than the current system. But uh, yeah, let us know what you think of these kinds of commentary. And uh, yeah, thanks, guys. It was, uh, it was a good experiment. I think very interesting to do. And uh, let's see what, what people say. I will say the response to the an honest conversation about Donald Trump video got more positive response than uh, as far as emails, direct emails than I, any show that I can remember in quite a while. There was a lot of people that are like, oh, I, I was thinking about this, too, and thank you for articulating it. And then there were people that were upset because they thought I was voting for Donald Trump and I was going full bore into the political process and uh, you know, I'm going to stump for Donald Trump and we're endorsing his candidacy, none of which was actually said within the conversation. So FYI, everyone, I'm not voting for Donald Trump. I find him interesting. And you can listen to that conversation again to find out why. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of positive response. And I enjoy chatting with the, the two of you. So you might as well record it and put it out as a show because we're going to have the conversation <laughs> we're anyway. anyway. <laughs> we're going to talk about it anyway. We might as well let people yep. hear what we're chatting about. So. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening and uh, send your emails to operations at freedomainradio.com if uh, you want to hear more of this, want to hear less of this, have any thoughts, feedback, always appreciate that stuff. And thanks guys for chatting about this. Thank you. Have a great night, everyone. Night. Bye.